You're listening to a Glassbox Media Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, you're about to hear from our sponsors. Sponsors make it possible for this show to continue. That said, we recognize that some listeners will prefer to get rid of sponsorship messages and advertisements. If that's you, please consider signing up for the ad-free version of this show. Head on over to icantsleep.supportingcast.fm to sign up and listen on your podcast player of choice. Use code SLEEP for one free month of the subscription. And now, a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the I Can't Sleep podcast, where I read random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. I'm your host, Benjamin Boster. Today's episode is from a Wikipedia article titled, Harry Potter. As more people discover the benefits of fasting, including weight loss, enhanced mental and physical performance, and improved gut health, the challenge often lies in the daunting prospect of not eating. That's where Prolon comes in a groundbreaking plant-based nutrition program that nourishes your body while tricking your cells into thinking they're fasting. Developed over decades at the University of Southern California's Longevity Institute and supported by top U.S. medical centers, Prolon is designed to maintain healthy blood sugar levels, support cardiovascular health, and help reduce abdominal fat. However, Prolon is not just a diet. It's a science-driven approach rooted in Nobel Prize-winning medical research. The journey with Prolon begins with a five-day regimen of snacks, soups, and beverages, all crafted to sustain a fasting state. Choosing a nutrition program can be daunting, yet Prolon would be at the top of my list for its convenience, scientific backing, and effectiveness. It's no surprise that thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon to foster healthy blood sugar and cardiovascular health. Right now, Prolon is offering I Can't Sleep listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash I can't sleep. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash I can't sleep for this special offer. That's prolonlife.com slash I can't sleep. And thank you to Prolon for sponsoring the podcast. If you love falling asleep to the I can't sleep podcast, I think I know of a brand new show for you to wake up to. The Daily Book Club is a podcast where the host Otis Gray reads classic stories every day, one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Hear amazing tales read start to finish. Whether you want to get engaged and wrapped up in fantastic stories that have stood the test of time, or you just want to relax and listen to a great book, The Daily Book Club is there for you to get lost in however you like. Right now, Otis is reading The Enchanted April. In the 1920s, four women, unfulfilled with life, take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle in the month of April as the flowers bloom. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. A perfect book to start this season. You can find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and tune in each morning to hear what happens next.
Harry Potter is a series of seven fantasy novels written by British author J.K. Rowling. The novels chronicle the lives of a young wizard, Harry Potter, and his friends Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley, all of whom are students at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. The main story arc concerns Harry's conflict with Lord Voldemort, a dark wizard who intends to become immortal overthrow the wizard-governing body known as the Ministry of Magic, and subjugate all wizards and muggles, non-magical people. The series was originally published in English by Bloomsbury in the United Kingdom and Scholastic Press in the United States. A series of many genres including fantasy, drama, coming-of-age fiction, and the British school story, which includes elements of mystery, thriller, adventure, horror, and romance. The world of Harry Potter explores numerous themes and includes many cultural meanings and references. Major themes in the series include prejudice, corruption, madness, and death. Since the release of the first novel, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, on the 26th of June, 1997, The books have found immense popularity, positive reviews, and commercial success worldwide. They have attracted a wide adult audience as well as younger readers, and are widely considered cornerstones of modern literature. As of February 2023, the books have sold more than 600 million copies worldwide, making them the best-selling book series in history, and have been available in 85 languages. The last four books consecutively set records as the fastest-selling books in history, with the final installment selling roughly 2.7 million copies in the United Kingdom and 8.3 million copies in the United States within 24 hours of its release. The original seven books were adapted into an eight-part namesake film series by Warner Brothers Pictures. In 2016, the total value of the Harry Potter franchise was estimated at $25 billion, making Harry Potter one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is a play based on a story co-written by Rowling. The success of the books and films has allowed the Harry Potter franchise to expand with numerous derivative works a traveling exhibition that premiered in Chicago in 2009, a studio tour in London that opened in 2012, a digital platform on which J.K. Rowling updates the series with new information and insight, and a trilogy of spin-off films premiering in November 2016 with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, among many other developments. Themed attractions, collectively known as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, have been built at several universal destinations and experiences amusement parks around the world. The series follows the life of a boy named Harry Potter. In the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Harry lives in a cupboard under the stairs in the house of the Dursleys, his aunt, uncle, and cousin, who all treat him poorly. At the age of 11, Harry discovers that he is a wizard. He meets a half-giant named Hagrid who invites him to attend the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Harry learns that his parents, Lily and James Potter, 
also had magical powers and were murdered by the dark wizard Lord Voldemort when Harry was a baby. When Voldemort attempted to kill Harry, his curse rebounded, seemingly killing Voldemort, and Harry survived with a lightning-shaped scar on his forehead. The event made Harry famous among the community of wizards and witches. Harry becomes a student at Hogwarts and is sorted into Gryffindor House. He gains the friendship of Ron Weasley, a member of a large but poor wizarding family, and Hermione Granger, a witch of non-magical or muggle parentage. The trio develop an enmity with the rich, pure-blood student Draco Malfoy. Harry encounters the school's headmaster Albus Dumbledore, the potions professor Severus Snape, who displays a dislike for him, and the defense against the dark arts teacher, Quirinus Quirrell. Quirrell turns out to be allied with Voldemort, who is still alive as a weak spirit. The first book concludes with Harry's confrontation with Voldemort, who, in his quest to regain a body, yearns to possess the Philosopher's Stone, a substance that bestows everlasting life. Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets describes Harry's second year at Hogwarts. Students are attacked and petrified by an unknown creature. Wizards of Muggle parentage are the primary targets. The attack appears related to the mythical Chamber of Secrets and resemble attacks 50 years earlier. Harry discovers an ability to speak the snake language Parseltongue which he learns is rare and associated with the dark arts. When Hermione is attacked and Ron's younger sister, Ginny Weasley, abducted, Harry and Ron uncover the chamber's secrets and enter it. Harry discovers that Ginny was possessed by an old diary, inside which the memory of Tom Marvolo Riddle, Voldemort's younger self, resides. On Voldemort's behalf, Ginny opened the chamber and unleashed the Basilisk, an ancient monster that kills or petrifies those who make direct or indirect eye contact, respectively. With the help of Dumbledore's phoenix, Fox, and the Sword of Gryffindor, Harry slays the Basilisk and destroys the diary. In the third novel, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry learns that he is targeted by Sirius Black an escaped convict who allegedly assisted in his parents' murder. Dementors, creatures that feed on despair, search for Sirius and guards the school. As Harry struggles with his reaction to the Dementors, he reaches out to Remus Lupin, a new professor who teaches him the Patronus charm. On a windy night, Ron is dragged by a black dog into the Shrieking Shack, a haunted house and Harry and Hermione follow. The dog is revealed to be Sirius Black. Lupin enters the shack and explains that Sirius was James Potter's best friend. He was framed by another friend of James, Peter Pettigrew, who hides as Ron's pet rat, Scabbers. As the full moon rises, Lupin transforms into a werewolf and bounds away, and the group chase after him. They are surrounded by Dementors, who are saved by a figure resembling James who casts a stag Patronus. This is later revealed to be a future version of Harry, 
who traveled back in time with Hermione using a device called a time-turner. The duo helps Sirius escape on a hippogriff while Pettigrew escapes. In Harry's fourth year of school, detailed in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Hogwarts hosts the Triwizard Tournament, a contest between Hogwarts and the school's Bow Battens and Durmstrang. Harry is unwillingly entered into the contest, becoming Hogwarts' second participant after Cedric Diggory, an unusual occurrence that causes his friends to distance themselves from him. Harry claims the Triwizard Cup with Cedric, but in doing so is teleported to a graveyard where Pettigrew kills Cedric, then resurrects Voldemort using Harry's blood. Voldemort convenes his supporters, the Death Eaters, and Harry manages to escape after a duel with Voldemort. Upon returning to Hogwarts, it is revealed that a Death Eater, Barty Crouch Jr., in disguise as the new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, engineered Harry's entry into the tournament, secretly helped him, and had him teleported to Voldemort. In the fifth book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the Ministry of Magic refuses to believe that Voldemort has returned. Dumbledore reactivates the Order of the Phoenix, a secret society to counter Voldemort. Meanwhile, the Ministry tightens control of Hogwarts by appointing Dolores Umbridge as High Inquisitor of Hogwarts, and she gradually increases her powers. When Umbridge bans practical teaching of defense against the Dark Guards, Harry, Ron, and Hermione form Dumbledore's army, a secret group to continue the teachings. Harry has recurring dreams of a dark corridor in the Ministry of Magic, eventually dreaming that Sirius is being tortured there. He races to the Ministry with his friends, but it is a trap planted in his head by Voldemort. The group are attacked by Death Eaters and saved by the Order of the Phoenix, but Sirius is killed in the battle. A duel between Dumbledore and Voldemort convinces the Ministry of Voldemort's return. A prophecy concerning Harry and Voldemort is revealed. One must die at the hands of the other. In the sixth book, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Snape teaches defense against the Dark Arts, while Horace Slughorn becomes the potions master. Harry finds an old textbook with annotations by the Half-Blood Prince, due to which he achieves success in potions class. Harry also takes lessons with Dumbledore, viewing memories about the early life of Voldemort in a device called a pensive. Harry learns from a drunken slughorn that he used to teach Tom Riddle, and that Voldemort divided his soul into pieces, creating a series of horcruxes. Harry and Dumbledore travel to a distant lake to destroy a horcrux. They succeed, but Dumbledore weakens. On their return, they find Draco Malfoy and Death Eaters attacking the school. The book ends with the killing of Dumbledore by Professor Snape, the titular half-blood prince. In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seventh and final novel in the series, Lord Voldemort gains control of the Ministry of Magic. Harry, Ron, and Hermione learn about the Deathly Hallows, legendary items that lead to mastery over death. 
The group infiltrate the ministry, where they steal a locket horcrux and visit Godric's Hollow, where they are attacked by Nagini, Voldemort's snake. A silver doe Patronus leads them to the Sword of Gryffindor, with which they destroy the locket. They steal a horcrux from Gringotts and travel to Hogwarts, culminating in a battle with Death Eaters. Snape is killed by Voldemort out of paranoia, but lends Harry his memories before he dies. Harry learns that Snape was always loyal to Dumbledore, and that Harry is himself a horcrux. Harry surrenders to Voldemort and dies. The defenders of Hogwarts continue to fight on. Harry is resurrected, faces Voldemort, and kills him. An epilogue titled 19 Years Later describes the lives of the surviving characters and the impact of Voldemort's death. Harry and Ginny are married with three children, and Ron and Hermione are married with two children. The novels fall into the genre of fantasy literature and qualify as a type of fantasy called urban fantasy, contemporary fantasy, or low fantasy. They are mainly dramas and maintain a fairly serious and dark tone throughout, though they do contain some notable instances of tragicomedy and black humor. In many respects, they are also examples of the Bildungsroman, or coming-of-age novel, and contain elements of mystery, adventure, horror, thriller, and romance. The books are also, in the words of Stephen King, shrewd mystery tales, and each book is constructed in the manner of a Sherlock Holmes-style mystery adventure. The stories are told from a third-person limited point of view with very few exceptions, such as the opening chapters of Philosopher's Stone, Goblet of Fire, and Deathly Hollows, and the first two chapters of Half-Blood Prince. The series can be considered part of the British children's boarding school genre, which includes Rudyard Kipling's Stocky and Co., Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers, St. Clair's and the Naughtiest Girl series, and Frank Richards' Billy Bunter novels. The Harry Potter books are predominantly set in Hogwarts, a fictional British boarding school for wizards, where the curriculum includes the use of magic. In this sense, they are in a direct line of descent from Thomas Hughes' Tom Brown's School Days and other Victorian Edwardian novels of British public school life, though they are, as many note, more contemporary, grittier, darker, and more mature than the typical boarding school novel, addressing serious themes of death, love, loss, prejudice, coming of age, and the loss of innocence in a 1990s British setting. In Harry Potter, Rowling juxtaposes the extraordinary against the ordinary. Her narrative features two worlds, a contemporary world inhabited by non-magical people called muggles, and another featuring wizards. It differs from typical portal fantasy in that its magical elements stay grounded in the mundane. Paintings move and talk, books bite readers, letters shout messages, and maps show live journeys, making the wizarding world both exotic and familiar. This blend of realistic and romantic elements extends Rowling's characters. 
Their names are often onomatopoeic. Malfoy is difficult, Filch unpleasant, and Lupin a werewolf. Harry is ordinary and relatable, with down-to-earth features such as wearing broken glasses. The scholar Ronnie Nadov terms him an every child. These elements serve to highlight Harry when he is heroic, making him both an everyman and a fairy tale hero. Each of the seven books is set over the course of one school year. Harry struggles with the problems he encounters, and dealing with them often involves the need to violate some school rules. If students are caught breaking rules, they are often disciplined by Hogwarts professors. The stories reach their climax in the summer term, near or just after final exams, when events escalate far beyond in-school squabbles and struggles, and Harry must confront either Voldemort or one of his followers, the Death Eaters, with the stakes a matter of life and death, a point underlined as the series progresses by characters being killed in each of the final four books. In the aftermath, he learns important lessons through exposition and discussions with head teacher and mentor Albus Dumbledore. The only exception to this school-centered setting is the final novel, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, in which Harry and his friends spend most of their time away from Hogwarts and only return there to face Voldemort at the denouement. The Harry Potter stories feature imagery and motifs drawn from Arthurian myths and fairy tales. Harry's ability to draw the sword of Gryffindor from the sorting hat resembles the Arthurian sword in the stone legend. His life with the Dursleys has been compared to Cinderella. Hogwarts resembles a medieval university cum castle with several professors who belong to an order of Merlin. Old Professor Benz still lectures about the International Warlock Convention of 1289, and a real historical person, a 14th century scribe, Sir Nicholas Flamel, is described as a holder of the Philosopher's Stone. Other medieval elements in Hogwarts include coats of arms and medieval weapons on the walls, letters written on parchment and sealed with wax. The Great Hall of Hogwarts which is similar to the Great Hall of Camelot, the use of Latin phrases, the tents put up for Quidditch tournaments are similar to the marvelous tents put up for nightly tournaments, imaginary animals like dragons and unicorns which exist around Hogwarts, and the banners with heraldic animals for the four houses of Hogwarts. Many of the motifs of the Potter stories, such as the hero's quest invoking objects that confer invisibility, magical animals and trees, a forest full of danger, and the recognition of a character based upon scars, are drawn from medieval French Arthurian romances. Other aspects borrowed from French Arthurian romances include the use of owls as messengers, werewolves as characters, and white deer. The American scholars Heather Arden and Catherine Lawrence in particular argue that many aspects of the Potter stories are inspired by a 14th century French Arthurian romance, Clarie et Larie, writing of the startling similarities between the adventures of Potter and the knight Clarie. 
Hardin and Lorenz noted that Rowling graduated from the University of Exeter in 1986 with a degree in French literature and spent a year living in France afterwards. Like C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter also contains Christian symbolism and allegory. The series has been viewed as a Christian moral fable in the Psychomachia tradition, in which stand-ins for good and evil fight for supremacy over a person's soul. Children's literature critic Joy Farmer sees parallels between Harry and Jesus Christ. Comparing Rowling with Lewis, she argues that magic is both authors' way of talking about spiritual reality. According to Maria Nikolaeva, Christian imagery is particularly strong in the final scenes of the series. Harry dies in self-sacrifice, and Voldemort delivers an Ece Omo speech, after which Harry is resurrected and defeats his enemy. Rowling stated that she did not reveal Harry Potter's religious parallels in the beginning because doing so would have given too much away to fans who might then see the parallels. In the final book of the series, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Rowling makes the book's Christian imagery more explicit, quoting both Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26 in the King James Version when Harry visits his parents' graves. Hermione Granger teaches Harry Potter that the meaning of these verses from the Christian Bible are living beyond death, living after death, which Rowling states epitomize the whole series. Rowling also exhibits Christian values in developing Albus Dumbledore as a godlike character, the divine, trusted leader of the series, guiding the long-suffering hero along his quest. In the seventh novel, Harry speaks with and questions the deceased Dumbledore, much like a person of faith would talk to and question God. Harry Potter's overarching theme is death. In the first book, when Harry looks into the mirror of Erised, he feels both joy and a terrible sadness at seeing his desire, his parents, alive and with him. Confronting their loss is central to Harry's character arc and manifests in different ways through the series, such as in his struggles with Dementors. Other characters in Harry's life die. He even faces his own death in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. The series has an existential perspective. Harry must grow mature enough to accept death. In Harry's world, death is not binary but mutable, a state that exists in degrees. Unlike Voldemort, he evades death by separating and hiding his soul in seven parts. Harry's soul is whole, nourished by friendship and love. Love distinguishes Harry and Voldemort. Harry is a hero because he loves others, even willing to accept death to save them. Voldemort is a villain because he does not. Harry carries the protection of his mother's sacrifice in his blood. Voldemort, who wants Harry's blood and the protection it carries, does not understand that love vanquishes death. Rowling has spoken about thematizing death and loss in the series. Soon after she started writing Philosopher's Stone, her mother died. She said that, I really think from that moment on, death became a central, if not the central theme of the seven books. Rowling has described Harry as the prism through which I view death and further stated that 
All of my characters are defined by their attitude of death and the possibility of death. While Harry Potter can be viewed as a story about good versus evil, its moral divisions are not absolute. First impressions of characters are often misleading. Harry assumes in the first book that Quirrell is on the side of good because he opposes Snape, who appears to be malicious. In reality, Quirrell is an agent of Voldemort, while Snape is loyal to Dumbledore. This pattern later recurs with Moody and Snape. In Rowling's world, good and evil are choices rather than inherent attributes. Second chances and the possibility of redemption are key themes of the series. This is reflected in Harry's self-doubts after learning his connection to Voldemort, such as Parseltongue, and prominently in Shape's characterization, which has been described as complex and multifaceted. In some scholars' view, while Rowling's narrative appears on the surface to be about Harry, her focus may actually be on Snape's morality and character arc. Rowling said that to her, the moral significance of the tales seems blindingly obvious. In the fourth book, Dumbledore speaks of a choice between what is right and what is easy. Rowling views this as a key theme, because that is how tyranny has started, with people being apathetic and taking the easy route and suddenly finding themselves in deep trouble. Academics and journalists have developed many other interpretations of themes in the books, some more complex than others, and some including political subtexts. Themes such as normality, oppression, survival, and overcoming imposing odds have all been considered as prevalent throughout the series. Similarly, the theme of making one's way through adolescence and going over one's most harrowing ordeals and thus coming to terms with them, has also been considered. Rowling has stated that the books comprise a prolonged argument for tolerance, a prolonged plea for an end to bigotry, and that they also pass on a message to question authority and not assume that the establishment or the press tells you all the truth. In 1990, Rowling was on a crowded train from Manchester to London when the idea for Harry suddenly fell into her head. Rowling gives an account of the experience on her website, saying, I have been writing almost continuously since the age of six, but I had never been so excited about an idea before. I simply sat and thought for four delayed train hours, and all the details bubbled up in my brain, and this scrawny, black-haired, bespeckled boy who did not know he was a wizard became more and more real to me. Rowling completed Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in 1995, and the manuscript was sent off to several prospective agents. The second agent she tried, Christopher Little, offered to represent her and sent the manuscript to several publishers. After 12 other publishers had rejected Philosopher's Stone, Bloomsbury agreed to publish the book. Despite Rowling's statement that she did not have any particular age group in mind when beginning to write the Harry Potter books, the publishers initially targeted children aged 9 to 11. On the eve of publishing, Rowling was asked by her publishers to adopt a more gender-neutral pen name in order to appeal to the male members of this age group 
fearing that they would not be interested in reading a novel they knew to be written by a woman. She elected to use J.K. Rowling, Joanne Kathleen Rowling, using her grandmother's name as her second name because she has no middle name. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone was published by Bloomsbury, the publisher of all Harry Potter books in the United Kingdom, on the 26th of June, 1997. It was released in the United States on the 1st of September, 1998, by Scholastic, the American publishers of the books, as Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. After the American rights sold for $105,000, a record amount for a children's book by an unknown author. Scholastic feared that American readers would not associate with the word philosopher with magic, and Rowling suggested the title Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the American market. Rowling has later said that she regrets the change. The second book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, was originally published in the UK on the 2nd of July, 1998, and in the US on the 2nd of June, 1999. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was published a year later in the UK on the 8th of July, 1999, and in the U.S. on the 8th of September, 1999. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire was published on July 8, 2000, at the same time by Bloomsbury and Scholastic. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is the longest book in the series, at 766 pages in the U.K. version and 870 pages in the U.S. version. It was published worldwide in English on the 21st of June, 2003. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was published on the 16th of July, 2005. The seventh and final novel, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, was published on the 21st of July, 2007. Rowling herself has stated that the last chapter of the final book, in fact the epilogue, was completed in something like 1990. Rowling retained rights to digital editions and released them to the Pottermore website in 2012. Vendors such as Amazon displayed the ebooks in the form of links to Pottermore, which controlled pricing. All seven Harry Potter novels have been released in unabridged audiobook versions, with Stephen Fry reading the British editions and Jim Dale voicing the series for the American editions. On Audible, the series has been listed as of November 2022 for over a billion hours. The series has been translated into more than 80 languages, placing Rowling among the most translated authors in history. The books have seen translations to diverse languages such as Korean, Armenian, Ukrainian, Arabic, Urdu, Hindi, Bengali, Bulgarian, Welsh, Afrikaans, Albanian, Latvian, Vietnamese, and Hawaiian. The first volume has been translated into Latin and even Ancient Greek, making it the longest published work in Ancient Greek since the novels of Heliodorus of Amisa in the 3rd century AD. The second volume has also been translated into Latin. Some of the translators hired to work on the books were well-known authors before their work on Harry Potter, such as Victor Goloshev, who oversaw the Russian translation of the series' fifth book. The Turkish translation of books 2 to 7 was undertaken by Seven Okyai, a popular literary critic and cultural commentator. 
For reasons of secrecy, translation on a given book could only start after it had been released in English, leading to a lag of several months before the translations were available. This led to more and more copies of the English editions being sold to impatient fans in non-English-speaking countries. For example, such was the clamor to read Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix that its English-language edition became the first English-language book ever to top the bestseller list in France. The United States editions were adapted into American English to make them more understandable by a young American audience. For cover art, Bloomsbury chose painted art in a classic style of design, with the first cover, a watercolor, and pencil drawing by illustrator Thomas Taylor, showing Harry boarding the Hogwarts Express and a title in the font Coaching Bold. The first releases of the successive books in the series followed in the same style, but somewhat more realistic, illustrating scenes from the books. These covers were created by first Cliff Wright and then Jason Cockcroft. Due to the appeal of the books among an adult audience, Bloomsbury commissioned a second line of editions in an adult style. These initially used black and white photographic art for the covers, showing objects from the books, including a very American Hogwarts Express, without depicting people, but later shifted to partial colorization with a picture of Slytherin's locket on the cover of the final book. International and later editions have been created by a range of designers, including Mary Grandpre for U.S. audiences and Micah Launas in Finland. For a later American release, Kazu Kibuishi created covers in a somewhat anime-influenced style. The popularity of the Harry Potter series has translated into substantial financial success for Rowling her publishers, and other Harry Potter-related license holders. This success has made Rowling the first and thus far only billionaire author. The books have sold more than 600 million copies worldwide and have also given rise to the popular film adaptations produced by Warner Brothers Pictures, all of which have been highly successful in their own right. The total revenue from the book sales is estimated, as of November 2018, to be around $7.7 billion. The first novel in the series, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, has sold in excess of 120 million copies, making it one of the best-selling books in history. The films have in turn spawned eight video games and have led to the licensing of more than 400 additional Harry Potter products. The Harry Potter brand has been estimated to be worth as much as $25 billion. The great demand for Harry Potter novels motivated the New York Times to create a separate bestseller list for children's literature in 2000, just before the release of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. By the 24th of June 2000, Rowling's novels had been on the list for 79 straight weeks. The first three novels were each on the hardcover bestseller list. On the 12th of April 2007, Barnes & Noble declared that Deathly Hollows had broken its pre-order record, with more than 500,000 copies pre-ordered through its site. 
For the release of Goblet of Fire, 9,000 FedEx trucks were used with no other purpose than to deliver the book. Together, Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble pre-sold more than 700,000 copies of the book. In the United States, the book's initial printing run was 3.8 million copies. This record statistic was broken by Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix with 8.5 million, which was then shattered by Half-Blood Prince with 10.8 million copies. Within the first 24 hours of its release, 6.9 million copies of prints were sold in the U.S. In the U.K., more than 2 million copies were sold on the first day. The initial U.S. print run for Deathly Hallows was 12 million copies, and more than a million were pre-ordered through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Fans of the series were so eager for the latest installment that bookstores around the world began holding events to coincide with the midnight release of the books beginning with the 2000 publication of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The events, commonly featuring mock sorting, games, face painting, and other live entertainment, have achieved popularity with Potter fans and have been highly successful in attracting fans and selling books, with nearly 9 million of the 10.8 million initial printed copies of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood prints sold in the first 24 hours. The final book in the series, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, became the fastest-selling book in history, moving 11 million units in the first 24 hours of release. The book sold 2.7 million copies in the UK and 8.3 million in the US. The series has also gathered adult fans, leading to the release of two editions of each Harry Potter book, identical in text but with one edition's cover artwork aimed at children, and the other aimed at adults. Early in its history, Harry Potter received positive reviews. On publication, the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, attracted attention from the Scottish newspapers, such as The Scotsman, which said it had all the makings of a classic, and the Glasgow Herald, which called it magic stuff. Soon, the English newspapers joined in, with the Sunday Times comparing it to Ronald Dahl's work, comparisons to Dahl are this time justified. While The Guardian called it a richly textured novel, given liftoff by an inventive wit. By the time of the release of the fifth book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the books began to receive strong criticism from a number of literary scholars. Yale professor, literary scholar, and critic Harold Bloom raised criticisms of the book's literary merits, saying, Rowling's mind is so governed by clichés and dead metaphors that she has no other style of writing. A.S. Bayat authored an op-ed article in the New York Times calling Rowling's universe a secondary, secondary world made up of intelligently patchworked derivative motifs from all sorts of children's literature written for people whose imaginative lives are confined to TV cartoons and the exaggerated, more exciting, not threatening, mirror worlds of soaps, reality TV, and celebrity gossip. Michael Rosen, a novelist and poet, held the opinion that the books were not suited for children as they would be unable to grasp the complex themes. Rosen also stated that J.K. Rowling is more of an adult writer. The critic Anthony Holden wrote in The Observer, 
on his experience of judging Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban for the 1999 White Bread Awards. His overall view of the series was negative. The Potter saga was essentially patronizing, conservative, highly derivative, dispiritingly nostalgic for a bygone Britain. And he speaks of a pedestrian, ungrammatical prose style. Ursula K. Lee Gwynn said, I have no great opinion of it. It seemed a lively kid's fantasy crossed with a school novel. Good fare for its age group, but stylistically ordinary, imaginatively derivative, and ethically rather mean-spirited. By contrast, author Faye Weldon, while admitting that the series is not what the poets hoped for, nevertheless goes on to say, but this is not poetry. It's readable, saleable, everyday, useful prose. Harry Potter transformed children's literature. In the 1970s, children's books were generally realistic as opposed to fantastic, while adult fantasy became popular because of the influence of The Lord of the Rings. The next decade saw an increasing interest in grim, realist themes, with an outflow of fantasy readers and writers to adult works. The commercial success of Harry Potter reversed this trend. The scale of its growth had no precedent in the children's market. Within four years of the series' inception, it occupied 28% of that field by revenue. Children's literature rose in cultural status and fantasy became a dominant genre. Older works in the genre, including Diana Wynne Jones's Crestomancy series and Diane Duane's Young Wizard, were reprinted and rose in popularity. Some authors reestablished their careers. In following decades, many Harry Potter imitators and subversive responses grew popular. Rowling has been compared to Enid Blyton, who also wrote in simple language about groups of children and long-held sway over the British children's market. She's also been described as an heir to Roald Dahl. Some critics view Harry Potter's rise, along with the concurrent success of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials, as part of a broader shift in reading tastes a rejection of literary fiction in favor of plot and adventure. This is reflected in the BBC's 2003 Big Read survey of the UK's favorite books, where Pullman and Rowling ranked at number three and five, respectively, with very few British literary classics in the top ten.